my name is Fleur. <laughs> welcome or welcome back to Be Me Anime. I am here today with the lovely. I don't think I've used it. I don't. Blah, blah, blah. I said <laughs> I don't think I've just used the word lovely. Uh, the lovely Brad. Hi, I am the lovely the, 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 the Brad. <laughs> yep, that is you. Um, I will learn to speak one of these days. Will you? Because I doubt that. I've known you for about a year and a half now, and it's not changed since at least the day I've met you. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I don't think I'll ever learn to speak. I mean, <laughs> it, again, it's only, you know, something that we do for jobs. Yeah, yeah, it's only kind of what we do for a living, but you know. Ah, uh, you know, who, who needs, who needs a living? We don't, no, none of us, No, nobody needs food or shelter or anything else no 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 no, no. <laughs> but anyways how are you i am i don't even know if i can talk about how i'm doing right oh. now okay oh it has been it has been a week for anime yeah it has it has been a week have you said you were gonna watch it now did you watch it uh I built a desk instead. <laughs> you you hear that? That that's disappointment. Yeah. I, I mean, mate, I'm really happy that you got your desk built. Like I'm very happy about that. <laughs> but re zero. I'm sorry. We said we would discuss it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm so bad at watching. See, this is why I can't watch things week to week, because my ADD gets a hold of me. And this is what I'm blaming it on, by the way. Um, my ADD gets a hold of me, and I forget, okay? So. And yet, I've reminded you about it every day. Oh, this is the thing, though, is, like, people... Like, I'm not kidding. You could sit me down and say, hey, you need to do this, and I will forget three seconds after and not do it like it's a problem uh, but it hurts okay i i have no one to talk about this anime with besides <laughs> our absolutely lovely commenters on the bnb anime instagram they are absolutely lovely to discuss rim rim with i greatly appreciate that but <laughs> i know i'm a horrible friend i am i'm fully aware i'm a horrible friend i promise i don't promise i will try my very best <laughs> You hear Sorry. that? She promised. <laughs> she I promised. Will, I will most likely break that promise. I'm so... Uh, I can't watch things week to week. It's it's not for people with ADD or ADHD. It, it, I, it, I forget. I'm sorry. I am... I have acquired what is known as the big sad. This is... Oh. This, this is my life now. Like, I wasn't already sad enough about everything else I that I've so watched guilty. this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, like, uh, but anyway, uh, I don't think we've mentioned yet what we're discussing today is children who chase lost voices. But before we get into that, we're going to be talking about some other stuff like news and fun stuff. Just figured I'd throw that out there because I don't think we've yet mentioned that. <laughs> no, not usually we get into that after we get through our spiels about how we're doing. I think I don't know. We don't, don't know. actually have a layout for this shit. <laughs> no, we just kind of ramble and see where we end up but apparently that's like your guys's favorite parts of the podcast is like this beginning segment where we don't even or like the very end where we don't even know what we're talking about yeah or just the tangents in general yeah 
Like, that's all I keep being told that everybody really enjoys. I know, me too. So, second podcast about discussing life. Yeah. No? Yeah. No. Do we have time for this? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, today's topic is kind of death-based. I mean, yes. Also, so on the topic of death-based. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Re-zero. Okay. <laughs> The, the way that you're talking about it makes me think that one specific character that we all know and love has had something very unfortunate happen to them. Am I correct I, in assuming such things? I want to talk about it. I'm going to assume I'm correct in assuming such things. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Let's, okay, so I'm going to do my absolute best to discuss it without spoiling anything because okay. I have to talk about it. Okay. This is how much... This show has, yes. So, ReZero Season 2 takes place immediately after the slaying of the White Whale and everything else Mm -hmm. that happened in the first season. Mm -hmm. Like, immediately. Like, they're all in the carriage rides. Right, okay. And then some shit goes down, and we are immediately, in the first episode, introduced to two new Sin Archbishops. We're introduced okay. to greed and gluttony. Okay. And their powers are unlike anything that we've seen in the show so far. And it is to the point to where their powers are like are able to combat Subaru's power that he has. Oh. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's terrifying. Yeah. And so we have... I was up at 2 a.m. watching this on the day that it came out because I couldn't wait to be able to sit down and watch. This is the one show that I've been chomping at the bit to get to after all of the delays. And mm-hmm. the first episode, I cried two or three times. Why do you want me to watch it? I don't want to cry. Look, you said you would. I'm holding you accountable. Uh. I need a friend in my sorrow and sadness. <laughs> But no, it's absolutely phenomenal. They it seems like they had a slight increase to the budget even though the show already looked phenomenal as it was. So I'm very excited with where the show's heading. I'm very excited with everything else that they have going on to see what else they're going to do and mm-hmm. I have no words. It's phenomenal. I, I, I am excited to see it. Like, I'm not going to lie. I am excited to see it. I'm just, I'm scared to watch it. But you shouldn't be because it's really good. I'm just like, uh. It's everything that we hope for going out of season one blue. Okay. Okay. I, I will watch it. I will put, I will lay down the gauntlet now that it is going to be my anime of the year for 2020. Oh. Yeah. That's. That's an intense prophecy. Yeah, the way that it's looking like it's heading, oh boy, it's going to be a good one. I'm so excited. But then, outside of that, we've had some other stuff get started with Sword Art Online, my teen romantic comedy snafu, and there's a new harem rom-com out that just came out this week, too, called Rent-A-Girlfriend. My lord, I cried, but not... (laughs) Not out of sadness, out of pure hilarity. This show, (laughs) at least to me, it's comedy gold. Okay, Tanaka-kun level? I don't know. In the first episode, I probably laughed about as much as I did in the first episode of Tanaka-kun. Mm-hmm. 
but they are two vastly different shows. Okay. The whole vibe of them is completely different. So the overall <laughs> overview of Rent-A-Girlfriend is dude had his first ever girlfriend. He's in college. First girlfriend. They dated for a month and she broke up with him by telling him that she's in love with another dude. Oh, so dude. Yeah. So dude is sad and depressed, crying in his bedroom. She's mean. And he gets an ad pop up on his phone for a website where you can pay to rent a girlfriend for a day. Mm -hmm. So he gets one and she's cool as shit. Everything that he hoped for. Then he goes online and looks at reviews and everybody else on the website that reviewed this one girl said that she did the exact same thing. And so you get a flashback of his like actual girlfriend that he had, like never even holding his hand. And at the end of the day with his rented one, like she just took his hand and they walked and he got all flustered and it was cute. Aww. <laughs> and so he saw that and he, he feels hurt by it because yeah. I guess in his brain, he was just like, Oh, like, I expected, like, something more out of this. I don't know. You're renting her. Like, you're, you're not... Yeah. Like You've hired not. her to pretend yeah, like, to be your girlfriend and give you a good time. She's not going to create a brand new day every time she gets hired. Can you imagine how exhausting that would be, having to come up with a brand new date every single time you get hired? Well, here's the thing. Okay, the dude, like, sends a text of all the things he wants to do. So the dude lays out the date that they go on okay like, they go to the aquarium they go out that's so stereotypical <laughs> yeah <laughs> and oh, so have you ever been to the aquarium on a date i never have it's one of the few things that i've never actually done on a date but i'm like i enjoy the aquarium i enjoy museums and shit like that it's mm -hmm. just anybody that i've ever dated has never wanted to go out and do those kinds of things oh I went on a, I, I don't know if you could consider it a date because it wasn't romantic, but I did go to the aquarium with my two best friends and it was mm -hmm. like a girl's day. So we called it a date, but it's like, there was no romantic feelings. Um, and, uh, we had the best time. I freaking love going to the aquarium. I want to go to the aquarium now. Like there's one yeah. literally the next town over. I want to go. And after watching this, I, <laughs> I want to go too, just cause it got me in the mood to go to an aquarium. Yeah. But unfortunately it, <laughs> for me, the, the biggest aquarium, like the closest big aquarium to me is one province over. So, um, <laughs> you got to basically go to a different country. Yeah. I got to go to Vancouver. Ooh. Which is where we went, where I went with the girls. We went to Vancouver Aquarium. And you know my shark mug? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that from where you Vancouver got that? Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Huh. I want to go whale watching. You can do that in Vancouver. Really? Yeah, Victoria Island. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I know you can go on, like, ocean rides here to go dolphin watching. Oh, you're so tropical. Not? Really? <laughs> I know. I'm in Canada, dude. You're tropical. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Okay, compared to what you're used to dealing with, yes. Okay, slightly like, more tropical. Because I'm thinking like orcas and beluga whales and like cold ocean creatures. <laughs> and I'm over here like, dolphins! <laughs> <laughs> and the main reason I'm going into detail about this damn show is because I, at the end of the day, if it gets spoilered, it's a harem rom-com. Like, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> no, I'm, I genuinely think that sounds hilarious and, um, also really embarrassing. So there's probably going to be parts that I skip. Um, oh, okay. So I was about to get to the part that you would 
probably skip. Okay. <laughs> so he goes out on a second date with this chick. Like, this episode seemed like it stretched out forever. Okay. Which is great because mm-hmm. I was laughing the entire time. So it's wonderful. Anyway, so they go out on a second date. They go to the aquarium again because dude likes aquariums. So I get I it. I mean, I'm okay. with it. I go to the aquarium multiple dates in a row. Yeah, why not? So he, they go. And this time, like this chick did her homework before they went. So she was like talking about all the fish and gave a fact about eels at the aquarium hiding in the sand because they're scared. All this other stuff. And it pisses him off because he had already read all the reviews from other people. So it's starting to get under his skin. And so he goes off, which is probably where you would skip. (laughs) Yeah, that's so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) And so she pulls him over to the side and she completely breaks character and starts berating him in like, I guess what is closer to her natural state. And starts to get all huffy with him and any, and everything. And while that's going on, he gets a phone call saying that his grandmother had collapsed and they had to take her to the hospital. Aww. And so he's like, hey, look, okay, I got to put this on hold. You can keep the money. I got to go. She's like, no, wait, you have time left. So she goes to the hospital with him. And this is where you meet best granny. Okay. <laughs> this grandmother is <laughs> hilarious. She's sitting in the hospital room. And our main character, whose name I don't give a shit to learn. I probably won't learn it watching it week to week. Main character's parents are sitting there and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, is there anything we can do for you? She's like, I don't give a shit about y'all. Does this room have Wi-Fi? I want to go. And they're like, no, no, you don't need your phone. We'll get you some senior citizen magazines and some soft food, like whatever you need. And then she's like, wait, who's this with my grandson? Because rented girlfriend came along. And then the parents are like, Psh, nah, that can't be his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and he was initially going to tell him, like, no, no, she's just a friend or a classmate or something. But then, like, he started to feel bad about, like, going off on her and everything. And so he's just like, good, good, girlfriend. And their faces go to that shocked, all white anime mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was gold, okay? I, I'm i really looking forward to the next probably 11 or 12 episodes. How I'm assuming it's only going to be a core because that's most like harem-esque anime type deals. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I laughed a lot. It was one of the highlights of my week this week getting to watch it. It was hilarious. I enjoyed it. That's funny. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to go into depth about sword art because it's it's thing. But yeah. Yeah. It, sword art's quite controversial, though. People either love it or they hate it. And I was one of those people to where the first arc of SAO, I loved. Mm-hmm. After that, it got rapey and weird from the second arc and all the way through two. Yeah. But then they kind of rebooted the series with Ordinal Scale, mm-hmm. which was the film that came out. And then from SAO 3 or the Alicization arc on, they got an animation budget increase and everything from there, like completely rebooted the series into there was at no point during the first show that i ever would have cried Mm -hmm. but at sao3 i cried like it decided to like dick kick in the feels like it (laughs) it was one of those yeah yeah i've seen the first season and then i started the second season and very quickly stopped watching so i think i got like two episodes in i don't even know 
So I would highly recommend Finding Ordinal Scale, however you want to watch it, because it's a really good film and it will get you used to the new animation style. Because mm-hmm. if you just watch what you've seen and then you get introduced to SAO3, just be like, wait, hold up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like a culture shock. So Ordinal Scale will kind of ease you in, plus you get introduced to a couple characters that will show up later on eventually. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the whole Alicization arc is just phenomenal. They drop the whole harem anime aspect of the show. They focus fully on storytelling and by far... The best SAO has ever been, and it's very much likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why they tried to go harmy with it. And it's completely different than the manga because I yeah. I have all the manga going all the way through SAO two. Mm-hmm. So I read through the whole first arc of SAO one, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Some of the characters in it aren't even mentioned, like uh, Silica, the girl with the dragon. Mm-hmm. That whole, like, harem part of the arc didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think the whole blacksmith thing with Liz, I don't remember that happening in the manga either, of, like, her confessing her love to him and all that other stuff while they were falling through the air at sunset and then riding a dragon, all that fun stuff. No, that didn't happen. Mm. So, yeah, like, I don't know why. They took that direction. I don't know why Reki would have signed off on that, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. That's not my mm. decision to make. I still think that the whole Kirito Asuna love story from SAO 1 is one of the best in anime. Yeah. But outside of that, they kind of dropped the ball with it. Yeah, it's just odd because it didn't really make sense. <laughs> It really didn't. Like, you're sitting here trying to tell, like, a narrative love story between these two people that's, like, very much a slow burn. Mm -hmm. And then it's also like, here, let's introduce all these other female characters and make them fall in love with him. (laughs) It's like, what? And then we're not even going to get into the raging dumpster fire that is the second arc with, like, his sister cousin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard bits and pieces of it. Obviously, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. But I've heard bits and pieces about it. And uh, everyone's just like, it just is confusing. Because you're sitting there, and you're not liking it, and you're thinking, maybe it'll just get better. And it doesn't. And you just keep not liking it, because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it... <laughs> Like, the whole second arc of the first SAO is real confusing and weird and his... You think it's his sister, then you find out it's his cousin, and all this other crap. And then on top of that, you've got Rapey Dude going after Asuna. Real weird. And then you have SAO2, which is like the GGO side of things, or Gun Girl Online, which deals with a lot of firearms and stuff. And you've got Kirito, like, running around with a lightsaber in a gun game, and actually, like, wrecking people. It makes no sense. But you are introduced to Sinon, the sniper, who is a very pivotal character in the show from then on. Mm. So, I mean, I guess that's the only thing you can get out of SAO2. Mm-hmm. And then all that shit falls to the wayside in Alicization. Like, they actually get the storytelling right. That's good. Yes. But, yeah, so that's that's my week in Ran in Review. How are you? Me? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm doing actually pretty good. Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier that I got a new desk. So um, it is a glass top L corner 
shape desk that is super cool and it looks really professional because it's like a frosted glass top I'm going to hook up lighting underneath the like L section of the desk that I'm not really using for my computer setup that's all on like the desk part then I will be able to have like a backlit desk for my sketches which is super cool and I'm excited about that to get that all done. I've also ordered a new arm for my mic so it's not going to be on a desk stand anymore it's going to be on an arm and that's going to come I think maybe just in time for the next time we record or it might come for the next next time we record. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that should help with our editing, maybe make like noise cancellation and stuff a little bit easier, stop some of the vibrations that are coming up through my desk, all that fun stuff. And that'll also make moving my setup from voice recording to streaming to voice recording to streaming to podcast recording to all that kind of stuff, make it easier. Because I have one mic that I do all three with and yeah, some of them needs a sound booth. Streaming, I don't use a sound booth. It, and I have to change my setup all the time. So the point of this whole thing is to make it convenient so I can be as lazy as possible when setting up. Um, and that should help. Um, <laughs> I feel you on and, that though, because yeah. that's my setup hasn't changed since I moved. While I stream, I even leave my vocal booth set up around my microphone. Yeah. It doesn't move. So mm -hmm. I really like the setup and I know that you've been looking forward to getting not only like an L-shaped desk to help you out, but also the whole backlit thing. I remember you talking to me about that months ago. So I'm really excited oh, yeah. that you got all that piece together. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, I'm feeling really, really good about it. I have been trying to look today for a headset stand and like a controller stand. They're also either masculine or just really plain. And I'm like, I have cat headphones, <laughs> like cat ear headphones. They're the Kraken Razor um, Kitty Edition in quartz. So they're the pink cat ones with the lights for anybody who's who knows tech and is curious. It's like whatever, if you see like a, a female streamer on Twitch, chances are she's got these headphones. Um, <laughs> And they're very common. And I was looking for a, a headset stand to like store them on, to have them on. And I've got like this really nice new desk. I've got my really nice displays. I've got like my computer case with like rainbow lighting in it. Like my computer is rainbow lit. And like I've got all this cool stuff. And I don't want like a ugly headset stand <laughs> to put them on. But like the Razer one is a hundred bucks, the one that matches the headphones. Mm -hmm. I'm like, nah, I'm not paying a hundred bucks for a, a stand to put my headphones on. I don't care if it's rainbow lit. Like that's that's crazy expensive. So yeah, I've been trying to find something and I can't find anything. So I think I'm just gonna get a plain one and then spray paint it. So this is a situation where I'm a I'ma tell you to get on my level. Because mm -hmm. my monitor stand has a headphone holder on it. <laughs> And it's just the stand that came with my monitor. <laughs> yeah, mine aren't cool enough for that. I got mine at Costco. <laughs> I bought mine off a of walker because he was gracious enough to sell it to me well below what it's worth. Because it's an Omen and it's like a $400 monitor. And I bought it off of him for 200 bucks. Yeah, I got two monitors from Costco for the price of... I don't know however much they would have been individually, but they were selling them like in a dual pack. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Then if they break, uh, super easy, guarantee, take them back, get some new ones. So I was like, yeah, sound, going to get them from 
from Costco. Yeah, I got my second monitor from Walmart. It was like a cheap, curved $100 monitor. I'm like, I just need something to have my stream and shit pulled up on. Take it. Yeah. I, I really like my monitors. I think they're cool. but And they're very slick. Like, they're thin as anything. But they don't have a headset stand. Just... But you know what's really nice? Is in my L-shaped desk, I don't have a leg in the way. Like, I'm sitting in the corner right now, and there's no leg. Look at you go. Right? Like, I can, I can swing my legs out. I can spin my chair around without having to scoot back, and then, oh, I just knocked my desk. <laughs> you're already abusing it. You just got um, it, and you're already I'm trying to break it. I'm sorry. It's okay. I have a warranty on it, because it's gloss. Yeah, that's one thing I will say. That's cool, and that works for you. I couldn't do that. <laughs> Because I don't think you've ever actually sat through one of my siege streams. Yeah, you are a bit ragey. Just a little bit. Just but just then I'm I I mean you've seen me play Spyro. Yeah, that is true. But one thing I will say about you playing Spyro is you haven't tried to like <laughs> slam your controller into your desk. Or... No, because things like my desk and my controller are expensive, and I don't wish to break them. Well, I just made sure to get a desk that <laughs> could withstand taking a hammer fist or two or 12. You know what's funny? My brother said the exact same thing, though. Is he, he comes in, he's like, your desk is really nice, but I couldn't have it. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I would break it. <laughs> I would hit it and it would break. Yeah, you see, that's one of those things. Like, I'm glad I'm now an adult because I would never dare break controller whenever I was younger because I knew if I would have broken it I wouldn't have gotten a new one but also whenever I was younger I didn't play rage games mm-hmm. and then now look at me I play Dark Souls 3 and literally curb stomp a controller <laughs> a $60 PlayStation controller just yeet it into a dresser as hard as I can and curb stomp it because I got real angry <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I'm probably less likely to break stuff as an adult because I have to pay for it to get it to be to be new again and work again. And I don't want to have to pay for it. Well, here here's the thing. Best Buy, their warranties cover everything. Dude even told me whenever I bought my controller, he's like, you want the warranty because you could break it. On the last day that you have your warranty and we will still replace it. So, yeah. as an adult, I can break things and have zero <laughs> repercussions. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be happy about breaking things. But sometimes whenever you're playing something like Dark Souls, <sighs> it happens. I think I just, I, I don't rage the same way. I rage internally. Just internal screaming? Yeah, I mean, you, you've seen me rage while playing. <laughs> like, I, I don't swear, which is funny. I come up with random words yeah, that are not swears. <laughs> you come up with random words. Honestly, my favorite bit of you raging or being scared is the random singing. <laughs> yeah, that too. Like that that's my favorite bit <laughs> out of it all. Like I'm honestly really looking forward to October again just for all the horror games to be coming back. Uh-huh. It's so, I don't know why I sing when I'm scared. I don't know why I do it, but I do. It's real weird. Honestly, I'm really thinking about, like, suspending my stepping away from Twitch in October because I've had the urge to play Visage here lately, Mm -hmm. but I refuse to play horror games any other time than October just because it's only fitting. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of, 
We should do some more Dead by Daylight at some point. That was fun. We should. That was fun. Well, I mean, fun for me, you on the other hand. Yeah, you do the weird whisper thing, though. (laughs) I almost did it for a second. I was like, no, (laughs) nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) I've thought about it. I leaned in. Then I was like, "Mm, nope, I'm not going to do that to people. (laughs) But anyways, I guess we ought to kind of like get into it. We've been chatting about random stuff for like a half hour. I feel like we ought to... (laughs) Talk about anime and stuff? I don't know. Look, I've already talked about anime. You. That's true. You, on the other hand. I I talked about stuff that is related to the podcast in the sense that my new desk makes podcasting easier. Yeah, that you haven't actually discussed anime. Because I tried to have an anime discussion with you, but... Yeah, you didn't. I'm failing. Um... (laughs) Oh, I tried. Th- I went around my secondhand shops um, the other day to look for secondhand manga books, mm-hmm. and there's nothing, and it sucks. That's unfortunate. You should yeah. come to the secondhand bookshop here because they have a yeah, just, massive. I'll just metric. backpack there. It's fine. Do it. It'll be fine. <laughs> look, okay. I will at least drive to the border to pick you up. Because mm, getting across the border is really easy right now. I mean, hop it. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it like the largest unmanned border in the world? I think so, yeah. Between two countries rather mm. than between like multiple countries. Cuz I know in Europe there's some that are like unmanned and it's but it's between like 20 countries. Yeah, that that would be a little bit rough to try to man in some shape form or fashion. We've all invaded each other in Europe, so we're kind of cool. <laughs> just allow it to happen at this point. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, we invaded you 3000 years ago, so you're chill. Where are we going with this? Uh, <laughs> my my brain completely blanked. I don't know. So let's jump into the news. Now you've really thrown me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for this. I was ready to... Oh! So while we're on the topic of anime, outside of our topic, have you watched anything? Read anything? Any of that fun stuff? Oh, uh, well, I have watched something, but it's something that we're going to be covering soon. And it's something that I've already watched before, so I don't think that really counts. Food Wars? Trying to cram yes. all that in? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I've mainly been with anime. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on places that I want to go into Japan and stuff. So, um, yeah, my time has been elsewhere this week. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Just just been uh, doing other things. Um, what about you? I mean, you've watched all that new shit, but, like, any old shit? Mm, food Wars. That's old shit okay. that I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Technically, our topic this week is old shit. Yeah. Considering it came out in 2012. <laughs> Did you watch it before this? Because I hadn't. I had, back whenever I first started my anime journey, and then completely had forgotten about it. Here's the okay. thing. I knew that this was a Makoto Shinkai film, mm-hmm. but it never clicked that it was a Makoto Shinkai film. Mm-hmm. I can literally sit here and name off all of his films to you. So in my brain, somewhere in the dark recesses of it, I knew that this was a Shinkai film, but it didn't click until I messaged you at like 830. It was like, oh my God, this was a Shinkai film. (laughs) And like the whole time I was sitting there watching the film, I was like, this art style on Asuna and everything is really familiar, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. like... It just wasn't clicking as to what it was. And then I had my realization and I was like, ding, light bulb. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Okay, random thought. Uh-huh. What do you think is the most common anime name? Because I... <sighs> like Asuna's got to be up there. 
Haru. Haru's got to be up there. Uh, Natsu's probably up there. Yeah. And Hinata. Hinata is quite common as well. You know what I've noticed like a shit ton more of ever since we watched it? What? Tanaka. Yeah, Tanaka's used a lot, especially for side characters, like best friends or like random people in classrooms. Tanaka's like a, it's like, I guess it's like Johnson. Yeah, like it was one of those to where like after we watched it, I started legitimately noticing it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is so much. Mm-hmm. Like it's used I so often. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I notice um, Hana a lot because that's a very personal name to me. So I think <laughs> I, I notice it a lot. Um, but I don't think it's actually that common. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yuki. I hear Yuki a lot too. Oh, yeah. Yuki and Yukihira. See, not Yukihira so much, just Yuki. Yeah. And I Oh, um, is it Fumi or Fumi? Yeah, I think Fumi. Fumi, Fumio. Not so much of that one for me. Really? But then again, you and I watch like two vastly different, different yeah. like subsections of anime. <laughs> yeah. Which I will slowly try to get you converted more to the rom-com side of things if there's anything I can say or do about it. <laughs> Yuri is used a lot. But also yeah. it's used interestingly because it's used for girls, but then it's also used for any Russian man that is ever in anime. <laughs> Is Yuri. Honestly, though, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) If there is a blonde foreigner, male and tall, chances are his name is Yuri. Yep, yep, definitely, without a doubt. (laughs) But I can't... Okay, what do you think is the most common, like, English name used in anime? Like, of the English, the American or the whoever. I don't... Honestly, John. John is used so much. Yeah. It really is. Like, I was just sitting here trying to rack my brain because I'm like, I really don't hear it used a lot. And then no. it clicked and I was like, John. And that's because that's one of the most common, like, English names, period. <laughs> yeah. It's like right? John Smith. Like, it's <laughs> it's like every American in anime is John Smith. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to think of, like, um, Prince of Tennis and Major and stuff, because those those sports animes, quite often, the main character will spend some time in America. Mm-hmm. And they're all very, they're all British names given to American people, like William, John, David, you know, thing, names like that, as opposed to, like, more commonly American names, for instance, like Brad, or, like, um... Justin, or, like, names that you wouldn't hear in the UK. They're all, like, British names in America, as opposed to American names. Well, William, John, David, like, those are all really common names here. Like, those are more common than, like, Brad or Justin or stuff like that. Really? Maybe it's just Canadians, then, that are weird. Maybe. I think I went to school with, like, seven Brads. You see... And there wasn't a single William. (laughs) Like, I knew maybe two bradley's through middle school and high school yeah but i am the only one that has it spelled like mine so i am unique i am special yeah exactly yeah no in england names are so i mean at least where i was from and in my generation um names are so common that there are multiples in every classroom i had in my primary school class two sophies two amys two beths or bethany's um two williams two toms or thomases I had, this is a class of 33 students, and this is the doubles. Um, I had a Kai and a Chiron, so there was a difference, but yeah. What else? I thought there was more. Uh, Amy's, Sophie's, Bethany's, Thomas's, Williams, Kai and Chiron, and there were a couple of others as well. 
that were like either doubles or very near double. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> I mean, that kind of happened here. Like, I probably know 37 different Abbeys or Abigails. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's about it. But Yeah, one of the... Um, uh... One of the Bethany's older sister was my namesake. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. so are you so, uh, are you ready to have your heart broken? Uh, no. <laughs> ah, well, too bad. Sucks to suck. The Haikyuu manga is coming to an end on the 20th of this month. No! <laughs> Sorry. It, I, just, I figured I'd rip it off like a Band-Aid. I figured you'd oh. appreciate that. You know what? I'm happy that it is ending, though, because I prefer when something wraps up while it's still loved than things that go on for eternity and then get boring. <sighs> you know? Sorry, yawning. <laughs> but, but you know uh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, I understand. But look, look at Sword Art's case, okay? It got boring and shitty, and then it came right back around to being good. Yeah, but I don't want it to have a boring and shitty moment. I want it to just be good all the way through and then wrap it up with a nice, cute little bow, and then it can that can be chapter closed. That's what I wanted for Harry Potter, and then it just didn't. <laughs> Look, that's just because the non-existent author of that series can't keep their damn mouth shut. Yeah, well, that and money-grabbing Hollywood people decided that they wanted more, so they just didn't follow the books anymore and created a whole new franchise. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I don't... It, that it, Harry Potter is now written by Harry Potter himself. It is an autobiography. Look, I'm going to take a page from Star Wars as much as you're going to hate this, but it's literally the ancient texts. We don't know who wrote it. They're just there. They were on this planet to begin with, and that's what they are. That's just that's just how they were. They found, they found them in the caves, along with the cave drawings and stone tablets and other things of that variety and there was a printed copy of harry potter all seven books signed with a signature that was written by a doctor and thus nobody can read the handwriting to tell who wrote it exactly and cavemen were just like unga bunga texts yes <laughs> if you took it to a pharmacy i'm sure the pharmacist there would be able to read the signature but no one's thought of doing that yet so no no because signature was lost in translation uh Oh, that makes sense. So that's why even pharmacists now won't even have the opportunity because the tablet it was inscribed on is long gone forever. Mm-hmm. It was burned in a fire, broken. I don't know. It was a thing. It was an ordeal. Yeah, it's at the bottom of the ocean with the heart necklace from Titanic. Yes. So next, <laughs> next bit of news. My Hero, the manga, is getting delayed. Oh. Yeah, it's getting a little bit of a delay because they're switching to fully digital. Oh. Uh- that makes sense yeah they're trying to keep the staff that are working on the manga safe so they're taking a week break to get everybody home and get used to the new setup and Mm -hmm. the thing about it is is that they're predicting that it's probably going to be delayed just a little bit more often now because they're not going to have like their whole backlog of like previous like analog techniques and stuff going on Mm -hmm. so they said there could be a little bit more issues here there but just for now, yeah. this first issue is going to be delayed. It's going to be printed on July 19th instead of this week. Mm-hmm. So it's just a week break. It'll be fine. They'll be back. I'm excited for season five. I finally got Walker to watch the last episode of season four. And it reminded me of I am really excited for where the show is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's smart of them to do that. Because, uh, like, I don't think anybody right now knows where we're all going with this pandemic situation. 
um, like whether you know, because everyone's talking about this second wave that's going to come through, and uh, it's better to just be prepared for it anyway. Especially considering so many companies now are just saying, "Well, we're going digital anyways." Like, we're not going back to the office because why would we pay rent for a building when we've already transitioned to everyone working from home and doing well at that, and they're like comfortable with it. And why would we then take it uh, however long it takes for us to readjust back into an office building when everyone's already good where they are, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's smart. I like the idea. It is. It definitely is. Now, the most nerdy shit was brought to my attention today. I say okay. nerdy. If I were a woman, I wouldn't want to be proposed to with anything less. Oh, so, Evangelion. You could be proposed to. Maybe we should, like, figure, like, when you get a long-term girlfriend, I'm going to sit her down and I'm going to be like, hey, so you need, this is how you need to propose to Brad. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just show her this podcast. Let her yeah, know. That's this, what this is what I need. Yeah, as soon as you get a girlfriend, I'll send this to her and freak her out right away. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Brad's future girlfriend. <laughs> Hello. So, listen. Um... <laughs> is that is that supposed to be me? No. I, I'm literally just bullshitting here. I was going to say, I, I heard the gonna... accent there. <laughs> I heard you put on that accent there, mate. You see, that was me bullshitting, though. I'm not even going to <laughs> attempt, like, legitimately trying to throw on an accent. <laughs> we... I I would die to hear you doing a British accent. No, absolutely not. That's not happening. Not today. <laughs> one day. We'll I... get in, boys. One day. <laughs> Look, I... I still have to record after this, so I can't be trying to throw on too many different voices and accents. Oh my god, yeah, you'll ruin your throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that I haven't already done that enough these past Aww. few days. Yeah, we've had lots of voice acting projects and stuff on the go, which is exciting, but yeah, it does ruin the voice. Just, tea. Just, just a hair. I, I could use some tea right about yeah. now, but anyway. Oh, you know what? Okay, but another tangent. This is a stupid tangent. Um, at dinner time with my family... Uh -huh. um, I was talking about the fact that you could have a brand of tea specifically for the most evil of people called cruel cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thought that came into my brain. I thought I should share. I quit. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord! Uh huh. Yeah. Why? Why is that so funny? <laughs> See, this not... is what it's like to live in my brain. Um. <laughs> this is this is two recording sessions in a row that you've broken me with the stupidest shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh. just my daily life, you know, mate. Oh. <laughs> uh. The the amount of sheer joy or sheer something I would feel if we recorded every day. <laughs> <laughs> Cringe most of the time, I feel like. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> anyway, back to the news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Evangelion, it has its own line of wedding ring and engagement rings now. Oh! And they come in two vastly different options. You have the real platinum and 18 karat uh, pink gold ring. That will be available at 330,000 yen or about 
3,100 American. Mm-hmm. So what is that Too about? 4,500 uh, maple dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have maple leaves on them, so I can't really <laughs> deny that. <laughs> Because at this point, I still can't remember what <laughs> y'all's money is called. It's just I, Canadian dollars. Like, but you have, like, the toonie and... <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's just the little coins. <laughs> the rest of them are just dollars. Good enough. <laughs> it's just a loony and a toonie. And the rest is the same, right? You got a dime, a nickel, a quarter, and then a, a dollar and two dollars. But instead of saying a dollar and two dollar coins, you say a loony and a toonie. But you don't have dollar and two dollar coins. You have just have dollar notes because you're weird. Uh, we also have two dollar notes that aren't in circulation anymore, so they're quite rare. Oh, that's how really it, weird. Yeah, how we used it, to have pennies, but we don't have pennies anymore. So, fun fact: we don't have pennies here in the U.S. We have one cent coins. Yeah, we did. We don't have those. <laughs> we used to have them. We don't. Yeah, because the British had pennies, and we wanted to get away from that shit. <laughs> we in. Britain, I don't actually know what the currency is like in Britain anymore. I haven't been there in so long. But we have, you got one pence and a two pence coin. Uh-huh. And you got, uh, is it, is it, do you have, I think it's, is there a five? I think it's a five pence, a ten pence, a twenty pence, fifty pence, one pound, two pound, and then five ten pound notes, etc. So what's a quid? That's one dollar, one, one pound. Uh, why? Quid is just another term for pound. So if you say, or squid, which is the funny term for quid. But if you say, oh, it's 50 quid, it's just 50 pounds. Okay, because I keep, like, I watch a lot of British comedians and also a lot of, like, British siege YouTubers. So I keep hearing quid. So I've just been sitting here going, like, what the fuck is that? It just means pound. It's just like you saying bucks or, um, I I don't know what another nickname for dollar would be bucks that's it yeah yeah just like it's just like if you said 50 bucks that's just us saying 50 quid honestly though i'm always humored whenever somebody says 50 bucks because i I just immediately think of like 50 deer just piled up yeah yeah so there's there's um and but if you want to get really complicated there's things like monkeys and um like other animals i think monkeys 500? This, I'm going to get this so wrong. But yeah, if you say, oh, it's a monkey, that is a term for a certain amount of money. Huh. I think pony is another one. I don't know. I've been out of the country for a long time. Okay? <laughs> huh. I didn't really deal with money when I was a kid, you know? Kids don't get money other than, like, pocket money. <laughs> yeah, that that is yeah. true. So, not super familiar with it. Um, but yeah. And so outside of that, there's also a cheaper version of the rings that are going to go for about 16,500 yen or about 160 bucks. Yeah, that's far more reasonable. But like, I maybe it's because I don't wear jewelry, but it's so much money. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Like this is officially licensed Evangelion stuff, but not only is it officially licensed, quote unquote, merch, mm-hmm. it's also like legitimate. Like these things are like handcrafted, hand jeweled mm-hmm. rings. So you would yeah. think that they should hold their value or increase in value over time if they only make a limited amount. Yeah. Well, I looked at this because whenever I first read the headline, I was just sitting there thinking because rings here in America, like some of these damn things go for, you know, 
25, 30 grand. $300,000 for a 4K diamond ring. A diamond the size of a softball, because that doesn't put a target on your back. And also, how the fuck could you hold your hand up if you wore a diamond that size? I would be, like, genuinely, if somebody gave me, like, anything valuable... I, and we're like, okay, this, here's a ring. It's valuable. I would never, like, I would be terrified everywhere I went. Like, I don't understand how people walk around with engagement rings on all the time that are like $30,000 worth of gems just Mm -hmm. on their finger. I'm like, how? How are you not having a constant anxiety attack about the fact that you have more money on your finger than you have in your possession of your entire house? Like... (laughs) The inside of your house is worth less than what's on your finger or your furniture. That's a good point. Right? (laughs) That's a really good point. But yeah, I guess I was just kind of baffled because I thought these things probably like with it being officially licensed stuff was going to go for like 20, 30 grand. And then I was like, three grand. That's that's not bad. Yeah, no, it isn't bad. Um, But I guess the quality is not there. Like it's not like. I mean, like they look legit. Like they don't look just that cheap. In fact, while we're sitting here, I'll send these to you so you can look at them really quick because I have the screenshot saved from my notes. Mm, I'm sure it's not like they're cheap or whatever, but I'm sure it's like the diamond quality or the the gem quality is slightly cloudy and thus in the my opinion as a jeweler. That's my impression of all jewelers out there. I'm sorry if you happen to be a jeweler. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's 18 carat. Now, granted, I don't know what in the fuck that means in jewel terms. I was going to say, what is, what, what is, what is, is more carrots good or less carrots good? Are we playing golf here or, or what? (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I, I don't understand jewels at all. All I hear is 18 carat and rose gold, and I'm just like, cool. Oh, rose gold's pretty. That's a pretty color. But, yeah, so I was intrigued by this. I don't know. Yeah, no, that is definitely intriguing. I've seen them before for, like, Disney characters. I know you can go mm. to, like, the jewelers in, in Disneyland or Disney World or whatever, and they will have engagement rings that are based around specific princesses or other characters and stuff, so you can go by, like, Cinderella's engagement ring and then have Cinderella's engagement ring and they are like $300,000 or something ridiculous and uh, but I haven't I haven't seen any of of anime or video game characters that's interesting Mm -hmm. and so remember future girlfriend if you're listening to this I will accept nothing less yeah Brad would like yes 100% a very fancy engagement ring so on the note about this I don't remember if I talked about this in the episode or two prior Mm -hmm. to this, because that shows you how much I keep track of news in my brain. Mm -hmm. So they have a legitimate Sailor Moon outfit wedding dress. I think you either sent it to me or you did talk about it. No, I saw it on Twitter. Uh, Maybe that's where I saw it from. Like you reposted it and I clicked on it and I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 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 looks amazing. I mean, not gonna lie, there's no way in heck I would ever wear it, but it's it looks amazing. <laughs> I would wear the shit out of that. I want to see you wearing that with the engagement ring, looking like your best self. Honestly, okay, if I can't find someone to accept me at my best self, I don't want it. Oh, sassy. <laughs> But yeah, I saw I love that. How, I, was like, I, I love how we're like your version of like, oh yeah, wedding ring, bride like bride gown, the whole nine yards. And I'm like, I don't, I, uh, jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> Honestly, though, I would be fine with that 
my one thing I would have to have at my wedding, except for the motorcycle brigade, <laughs> the one thing I would have to have at my wedding is Batman to be the one directing it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's don't, hilarious. Don't worry. You can sit front row at my wedding to be able to witness this greatness that I, is Batman officiating my wedding. <laughs> I would I would be honored. Um that 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 would be amazing. Uh, I question my brain at times. Hey, you're not the one that came up with cruelty. I mean, you're right. However, <laughs> you need to you need to go ahead and trademark that term and get mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, honestly, I kind of do. That would be amazing. And, oh, because you could then, like, if you got in contact with, like, Marvel or DC or Disney or whoever, and you asked them to brand it, like, to collaborate with you, it could be the villain's tea. So it's, like, Ursula from The Little Mermaid is, like, on this brand of tea, and it's, like, her flavor. And then you have, like, the Joker tea, and then you have, like, other evil people tea. (laughs) Honestly, though... Think of all the right? royalties you could make off of this. Oh my god, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just sneak that in there and expect me not to just have a, a visceral, physical reaction to that horrific pun. Look. My whole body just caved in on itself and was just rejected that. My ears are now currently bleeding. Okay, so it's okay for you to come up with this shit, but the second <laughs> I do, it's wrong. That is the way the world works. I am home. fine. I Everything I do is correct, but nobody else is allowed to do it too. <laughs> you can do this fucking podcast by yourself then. I'm out. <laughs> no. On my own. <laughs> All by yourself. To wanna be all by myself. <laughs> and finally, Crunchyroll has announced on Thursday that it will begin streaming the fifth OVA for that time I got reincarnated as a slime on November 27th. Oh, okay. I know a bunch of people that are be excited about that. Here's my issue with this. Season two of this show is beginning in January. Season one released last year. Mm-hmm. It's been a fucking year. Why do you have five OVAs? Yeah, that's a lot of OVAs. Like, I read that, and all I could sit there and think of is just, why? Granted, it was really popular, and it's a really good show. Don't get me wrong. But five, whenever your next season is dropping in the winter, and it's too core. So, winter and then summer of next year. You're getting both cores of it, so why? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't get I don't, it. I don't know. I haven't seen any of the OVAs. I need to watch them, because I'm assuming they're going to be necessary before you get into the um, next bit of the show. I don't know, but... We shall see. Yes, we shall definitely see. And that wraps up the news. So, now that we've had, I think, officially our longest news segment ever... Yeah. Are you ready to talk about the background of our favorite film so I can gush more about my favorite anime director that I has am ever lived? ready. Let's talk about this background stuff. Yes. So we've already gotten into this a little bit already. Makoto Shinkai, you know him, you love him, your name, favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. I love it. 10 out of 10. Hardcore 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what more can I say? If you want to hear more background on the studio, 
go check out the podcast for your name. I feel like I'm being very plug heavy for this episode, but it literally pertains to shit that we've already talked about. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go check that out. Same situation with the studio. It was Comix Wave Films, stuff they've already, or stuff that they've made that I'm sure we'll cover at some point because it's Shinkai and I can't not <laughs> talk about everything that this man has done. The plays promised in the early days, five centimeters per second, the Garden of Words, your name, weathering with you, weathering with you. It's going to be out here in a few weeks. I'm so excited to get your opinions on it mm-hmm. because I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now, here was something that the studio did that I had no clue that it actually worked on. So do you remember me talking to you about a rhythm game called Demo? Yeah. So this studio did all the cutscenes in Demo. Oh, So to those of you who have never played Demo, I feel like I've talked about this in one of the other like episodes as a news piece whenever Demo 2 got announced. Mm -hmm. But to those who are unfamiliar, Demo is a rhythm game that is available on iOS, Switch, PlayStation 4, all that other fun shit. Mm -hmm. But and it is by far my favorite rhythm game that I've ever played. Like it is phenomenal. And its story is told in wordless cutscenes. So it's literally just hand-drawn images. And everything about the show is hand-drawn and handmade. Like, Mm -hmm. it is a glorious time. But those cutscenes, even though there's no words, and half the time there's not even dialogue. Anyway, so, Demo, cutscenes. The game made me cry. Uh Oh. And, like, that's... That's literally just a testament to the game itself, because literally the whole story of this game is a little girl falls through a window into another dimension, I guess, or a hall. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she's picked up by a black spirit and the black spirit really enjoys playing piano. And Mm -hmm. whenever the piano is played, a tree that the girl fell on the trunk of starts to grow. And so you get to see her, like, explore this place that she fell into and get closer with the Black Spirit. And all the time, like, he's playing the piano. And, of course, it's all songs that you've played throughout the game as you go. Do we need a spoiler warning? Yes. Spoiler warning. <laughs> spoiler warning to those who haven't played Demo but might want to. I highly recommend it. Go play it. Anyway, it's free. Why not? Anyway, it so eventually the girl makes it out and the spirit can't come with her and come to find out it's the spirit of her dead brother who used to play the piano for all the time. Oh, well, that's just sad. And like this entire story is told, like I said, in cutscenes with no dialogue, no words, no nothing. And it's just like you piece it all together slowly but surely. Like I played this game for like days and weeks and didn't even like try to progress the story because I was having so much fun playing just through all the songs and seeing like every single song had its own like hand drawn page note. Like it's absolutely stunning and beautiful and so to have the story like all just come crashing down like that like you don't expect it to be so deep and emotional being a free mobile game but bloody hell like it was great oh (laughs) so yeah yeah demo great so i'm i adore the fact that to know that this studio is the ones who actually worked on the game and did the cutscenes. like i'm Mm. like i was absolutely floored with that that's awesome yeah but Yeah, so Children Who Chase Lost Voices, 
Overview. Do you have a summary for us? A summary. I can do a summary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is based around a young girl named Asuna who lives in the countryside in Japan, like pretty much every single... Uh, it's They either live in the country country or they live in Tokyo. And there's like no di- no difference. There's no, no like suburbs. Um, I've honestly never seen an anime set in the suburbs. Yeah, just like small town. It's like Tokyo... Or there is three people in my village. And yeah, Asuna that's... lives in, in a town where there are three people in her village. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so she's on the countryside. I don't know when this is set. I'm gonna say the 60s, I think, uh, maybe a little bit later. Something like that. Something like that. Because of the weapons they have look fairly high tech. But the story of her sensei puts me back around World War II. Two, which is very confusing. So I don't know if this. Well, it's definitely not set in a world that is like our own. But uh, I, I don't know where along the timeline it's supposed to be set. Uh, but I'm gonna say it's somewhere around the 60s. I don't know, and probably 50s. I don't know. Either way, it's set not super modern, and she uh, is living alone with her mum, who is a night worker at a hospital. So she kind of takes care of herself. And um, one day, when she was, like, hanging out on the mountainside, as you do when you're a child that takes care of yourself in the countryside, she meets a boy called Shun, who um, she hasn't seen before, and and they end up, like, talking, and she has this radio that she listens to, and she hears this song that she's never heard before, and it's, it's like, really unusual, and it really captures her heart. And she ends up making, making friends with this boy. And then at school, a few days later... She, her teacher, leaves for maternity leave and is replaced by a substitute teacher. And this substitute teacher tells a story that kind of goes with what the boy on the mountainside was saying, Shun was saying. One thing leads to another and Shun disappears and Asuna is really upset about it and ends up going on an adventure to find out more about him and the world that he came from, um, where she discovers all of these magical creatures, a new world underneath the earth, which is effectively what we would know as the underworld. And she has some kind of personal relation to it as well. Um, and it's about her going on this this adventure with a couple of other people that kind of hang around and learning about herself, the world, and her relationship with death because her father had died when she was very young and more people around the group of that she's in are affected by death as well. Yeah, I think that's everything without spoiling anything. Yeah, that <clears throat> that covers it to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So I guess we'll jump into it then. So spoiler warnings are officially up. Spoiler chicken hats. Get them on. It's Get time. Get them on. It's time. Um, yeah, okay. So, what did you think? <laughs> Before we, like, go crazy into it. What did you think? Do I think who the director is? What do you think I thought? <laughs> I think you loved it. I think you really I enjoyed it. I did. I did. I had a great time with it. It's a phenomenal film. At this point, I haven't seen all of Shinkai's works, mm-hmm. but I don't believe this man can go wrong. <laughs> I will say such a good film. This this will probably please. Well, I don't know if this will please you. Uh, It might not please you. I like it more than your name. Yeah, so it didn't please you. But like, I like his work. At least I'm not shitting on his work this time. Not that I did last time, but like, it just wasn't. But this one, I think, 
had the the pieces that I felt were missing from your name. It had the more grit to it. I don't know. So with you saying that, I'm very curious to hear what you think about weathering with you then. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to give you a pass on this for now, but... I will, um, I'm going to wait till I hear what you think about weathering with you before I truly pass judgment about your tastes. Uh-oh. <laughs> just, no, just know, I, I'm not judging you, but I'm judging you. I'm done. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I just think that this, I, I think what it is, is that I have a thing about traditional romances where I find them overdone. Is that... Yeah, I feel, I I don't know, something about your name felt very typical to me. This didn't. This felt super unique and um, interesting. How did Freaky Friday body swapping feel typical? I don't know. It just felt kind of like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. It was funny and I really enjoyed it and I did like it a lot. And I really liked the idea of like them being in different time times to each other. But I, I think it's yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving you shit. But anyway, okay. Let me jump into the story, the background of it. We'll whip through this real quick so that we can properly discuss our thoughts and feelings on every segment of it, on the bits of it, on the grit. So yeah, this story is based around a young girl named Arsena who lives in the countryside with her mother. One day while listening to her homemade radio on the mountainside, she hears a strange song, a song unlike anything she has ever heard before. Wanting to hear that sound again, she frequents the mountain. Her mother works nights at the hospital, so she's often left alone to take care of the chores and herself. One night, when looking from her window, she sees a light at the spot she usually sits to listen to her radio, but believes it to just be her imagination. The next day, at school, the teacher warns the class about a bear sighting in the area, so to take extra care. Asana, completely ignoring that warning, um, follows the train tracks up to her usual spot on the mountain. However, when she gets to the bridge uh, that like goes across the stream to get to the mountain, um, there is a large creature, black bear, not a bear, definitely not a bear kind of bear thing. Um, and, and it is laying across the railway. And Asana is startled by the creature and ends up drawing unwanted attention to herself, causing the creature to attack. Um, luckily, as she is just about to be eaten, as the way the world works in anime um, and in most media, uh, a boy comes to the rescue using his crystal necklace to cause harm to the creature and eventually kill it before a train stops on the tracks and it falls into the water below. The boy, using his inhumane powers, jumps off the bridge with Asana and carries her to the spot on the mountain, which is kind of like a cliff area where she had previously seen the light before. What did you think of the um, art style of all of the creatures in this movie so it felt a little Mm chibli-esque to me Mm -hmm. and that's not a bad thing by Mm -hmm. any means because i know how you and i both feel about chibli and how they do everything Mm -hmm. and now granted this was a lot more like is grotesque the right word yeah so yeah it just felt a little bit more gory and grotesque and more like grounded for adults instead of just kids yeah like this is a film i think just about anybody and everybody could enjoy but But you'll get different you'll get different vibes from it depending on your age or what you've been through in life yeah yeah it's just a little bit more gory than your typical you know chibli film but still it was the art style on it 
was great. And there were times when it was absolutely stunning. And then there were also times where it kind of led off some on the backgrounds, which I still really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It's not like your name or weathering with you with like the extremely highly detailed backgrounds and characters and everything else. Mm -hmm. But it was a really nice just kind of sit back and like enjoy it. Like nothing was too harsh. Nothing was too underdone. Nothing was overly done to the point where it's just kind of like just really stood out. Yeah, I agree. So. I think there are moments in this movie where there are, is real beauty in simplicity when it comes to the art, where it, it there's like one really, really intense focal point, and then everything else is very simple. And you it does that specifically to draw your eye to that one area, and it's really not a bad thing. It's like a frame, you know? And I enjoyed that as well, so I'm glad that you, you liked that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so then the boy believes he was meant to meet her, but he sends her home when he knows that she's safe. Asana doesn't go to school the following day and instead heads to the, mount- heads to the mountain. Um, and there are some strange people snooping around, and they're really knowledgeable about this strange animal. Asana meets with the boy again, who she learns his name is Shun, and sees that his arm was injured in the fight from the day before. She treats his wound and ties her scarf around it. Asana uses the strange crystal in her radio, uses a strange crystal in her radio, just like the one that was around his neck. And she tells him of the strange music she once heard and how it moved her. He tells her he came all the way from a faraway land called Agatha and said that there was something that he wanted to see and someone that he wanted to meet. And now that he has accomplished those things, he has no regrets. He sends Asana back home before it gets dark and kisses her on the forehead as a blessing. She promises to return tomorrow and runs home. When she's gone, Shun reveals the strange sound she heard was his final song. And he asks the cat-like creature, Mimi, to protect Asana. And he reached out his hand to the stars before jumping off the mountain's edge to his death. How did you feel in this moment? Confused. <laughs> Me too. I was like, what the heck? This is supposed to be our main boy. And he just jumped off, a, like jumped off of well, a cliff. Like, I don't think he jumped off. Like I took it as he fell off because the way that yeah. they animated like him looking at the sky, it was like he was going kind of cross-eyed. Yeah. And yeah. then like he fell down to his death. But let me, let me just say this. Mimi, one of my favorite characters out of the whole thing. Mimi's great. So Mimi's adorable. Great. But I couldn't... <sighs> Was it a fox or was it a cat or was it some weird hybrid? I think it was, uh, well, it's one of their weird creatures, but I think she always assumed it was a cat. I mean, it was a cat that was animated like a fox. Yeah. Like I kind of looked like Evie. Kind of did. Like a really thin Evie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Either way, adorable. Oh, yeah. Um... I was so confused as well. I because like I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get what was going on. I was so confused the first time I watched it. And it's good confusion because obviously this isn't too far into the film yet. There's so much more to go and so it's setting you up for um, things to be answered later. But like that was so sad. It was. Now the pacing of this film was it was extremely well done because it gave you times to breathe. And then there was the times of, oh, shit, what's happening? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed when I went through and watched it a second time to be able to write all of my notes that what I consider to be the largest portion of the film, where they finally go into Agatha. Agatha. <laughs> where they finally get into Agatha. Sorry, Ags. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, jeez, why should I? 
<laughs> oh, good. That's really not good, is it? Okay. Um, Agatha. Agatha. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, mate. <laughs> um, when they finally get into the underworld. That isn't... That's like halfway through the film, when they finally go through the entrance. And that feels like the largest chunk of the film to me. Like, this all feels like setup, But it's about 50-50. No, I I literally think uh, that their time spent in the underworld was longer. I think it was like... I think the film was just shy of two hours, and they were in there for like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, but like, like that's what I, I mean, like... I was expecting, in my head, this took up, like, 20 minutes as opposed to 40 minutes. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I have, yeah, it, it's a way more 50-50 split than I thought it was. Where's me point? Where's me point? Mm. Um, but, yeah. So, he jumps off a cliff, or falls off a cliff, gets, yeah. And um, the next day, Asuna goes to the mountain to find him because she, as she leaves. Oh, by the way, what did you think of her reaction to his forehead kiss? <laughs> One word, six letters. Can you guess? No. Kawaii. Uh, kawaii. I was trying to get adorable in there and I was like, that's not, a, that doesn't fit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give you a crossword now, just to see what happens. Just give you a crossword. My brain isn't cut out for crosswords. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I thought that was really cute too. And very, like, realistic. If I was mm. her age and... Because an, I, I assume... How, how old do you think she is? Like, 13, 10? maybe? <laughs> ten, 13? Like, 12? late middle school? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's put her at 12. And he's... And Shun, I'd say, is like 15, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd... Yeah. So if I was 12 or 13 and a really cute, mystical, magical, from a faraway land boy that just saved my life, kissed me on the forehead, I would have had the exact same reaction of, oh my God, emotions, I'm running away. It was very cute. Yeah. Yeah. We we all know, Brad. I was going to say that we all know that if a, uh, a really cute, magical, mystical boy saved your life and swept you off your feet and kissed you on the forehead, you would lose your shit. All I'm saying is he best be packing that Evangelion <laughs> ring set up or it ain't happening. I thought you were going to end the sentence packing and I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm going to say is he best be packing. <laughs> Holy crap, Brad. Your brain, the gutter, get it out. <laughs> Why did you pause that? Because <laughs> I was trying to go for my sassy effect, and you just you just decided to go. You just decided to full send it the complete opposite direction. Full send. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just, I just. You're not sorry. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, the next day, Asuna goes to the mountain to find him, uh, but he doesn't show. And when she gets home, her mother uh, tells her that she received a phone call from the police that a boy's body had washed downstream and Asuna's scarf had been tied around his arm. And this is when we get confirmation that he actually did die and that he didn't just, like, jump off with his magical mystical magical powers because that was also going through my brain. Asuna goes into denial and tries to find him on the mountain the following day. Soon after, at school, a substitute teacher tells the class the story of the underworld. 
that there are many names for um, from many countries of origin exist for it, one of them being Agatha. And captured by his teachings and their possible relation to Shun, because that's where he said that he came from, Asuna goes to Sensei's house after school to find out more. He reveals information on the strange creature that she saw. He tells her that gods once existed on Earth, but when humans developed enough, they hid themselves deep underground along with a few clans of humans. And now that place, Agatha, is said to be uh, is said to fulfill any wish, even resurrecting the dead. Dun 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 Was <clears throat> Was that the only one that was right in sensing Full Metal Alchemist vibes? Yeah, very much, like, vibe, yeah, very much Full Metal Alchemist vibes. Like, because I know how Shinkai is, mm-hmm. and I know that he's definitely not Miyazaki and Chibli. Mm-hmm. So the second, whenever Resurrecting the Dead was brought up, I was like, Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be something to this. It's not going to be as simple as it seems. And yeah, somebody's we, potentially going to die. Mm-hmm. You do definitely get the impression that um, something isn't right with the teacher, with the sensei. That something's, like, off with him um, all the way through. Like, he just feels odd. And it's not that he does anything specific. Like, he's actually quite caring towards Asuna and... Um, in his weird way. I think it's just because any other teacher or adult wouldn't have let her make the decision on her own to go further into Agatha. They would have turned her away and said, go home, kid, you know? Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. And so you do get this feeling of like, he's, I don't know, something's off with him. Anyways, he sends her home after explaining everything. And Asuna, on her way home, sees Mimi. Um, and follows her to the spot on the mountain. There she sees Shun standing there where she left him days prior, but he doesn't know her. As they're talking, a helicopter comes from out of nowhere um, and ground people from an organization called Arch- Ar- Archangel. Archangel, I can speak, Archangel. Come. Can you? <laughs> no, I can't speak. Um, and they surround the duo. Uh, they know that he is from Agatha and they ask him to hand over the clavis. When Shun and Asuna run, they shoot at them and follow. Shun takes Asuna to the cave and explains the clavis is a crystal that opens the gate to Agatha. She follows him deep into the cave, despite him telling her to wait at the entrance and leave in the morning. Shun takes them to see a guardian, takes them to see a guardian at the entrance, but because of the years of bad treatment from humans, it attacks him. While trying to peacefully, kind of, detain it, the arch, uh, the archangels appear and kill it. Shun gives Asuna the, the clavis and the archangel orders her to open the gate or he dies, which she does. One of the members of archangel Asuna and Shun make it through the gate, but he, uh, make it through the gate. The, the one archangel member actually turned on the rest of his organization and got the two kids through and closed the gate behind him. When he takes off his, he- off his helmet, it is revealed to be the sensei that just moved to the area that Asuna had previously had the conversation with and he explained about the underworld to her. And Shun tells her that his name is actually Shin and that he is Shun's younger brother. Sh- Shun was sick and wanted to go to the surface no matter what. Um, and uh, he was just sent just to get back the clavis that Shun took from the world. He leaves and goes into the water um, that's like in the area to get to get through. They're through the first gate, but they're not in in it yet. They have to go down still. Um, 
And Sensei tells Asuna that he is going to go on so that he can resurrect his wife. And he tells her to choose whether she's going to join him or leave. Asuna decides that she's going to join him and walks into the breathable water. They fall down into the underworld and Asuna <coughs> wakes and follows her sensei into the lands of the world. And uh, at this point, Shin is gone, nowhere to be seen. Um, Mimi had actually snuck into Asuna's bag and seems to have a way of communicating with the creatures there. Uh, Asuna also kind of does in a weird way, like she can hear their voices. Asuna's radio crystal is actually a clavis fragment and it was a gift from her father um, and they travel for days trying to get closer to where the resurrections can happen because that's all this sensei is worried about and Shin actually goes back to where the other people were in his village or whatever and he ends up getting scolded for letting two topsiders into Agatha and is sent to find them again so to kill them and get back what they now know, what the, uh, the clavis that they think that they have, um, but that they do have, that Asuna has, um, that they think that they, they stole or something. Um, Topsiders have actually killed many of the people there um, over the years, and now there's only a small amount of, of those underground dwellers left, and because of that, they just have a horrible relationship with Topsiders and will kill any of them that enter the world. Shun actually had more natural talent than Shin, so they kind of use that as manipulation towards Shin, um, and so he ends up like Mulaning his hair off and sets off to go and find um, the sensei and... Asuna to kill them. He really does Mulan his hair, though. Um, he really does. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Sensei's wife had died of sickness while he was off fighting a war, and that's who he wants to resurrect as his wife. Um, and Asuna is debating on whether or not she wants to resurrect her dad or Shun or what she wants to do. She doesn't really know, but she's just kind of following along for the ride right now. She says that she had always like been one, like felt like there was something more to her life uh, and to the like an adventure that was calling for her and um and so she's doing her best to live it up while on it now but Asuna one night suffers a really bad night terror that is actually horrifying um and ends up being kidnapped by some freaky ass creatures um when she wakes up there is a small girl who looks to have also been taken Asuna comforts her and they try to escape, but they're surrounded by tall walls in like this run-down Colosseum-style area. The creatures are moving in the shadows. Shin, who is hot on their trail, uses his senses to find the fragment of the clavis to run to find them. He saves the girls the last moment. Um, and it, we find out that the, um, those creatures are called Izoku. Um, and they can only move in the shadows and at nighttime. They fell into a river trying to escape them and get washed downstream. Uh, and Mimi ends up leading Sensei to Asuna, um, Shin and the young girl, whose name is Mana, I think. And Shin was injured as they tried to escape. Shin tries to attack Sensei for the clavis, not knowing that it's actually Asuna that has it. Um, and they end up heading downstream to a town, but topsiders, like I said before, are not welcome. The village chief, however, allows them to stay for one night as thanks for saving his granddaughter, Mana, a half-topsider. It turns out that Izuko love things that are mixed with topsiding, topsider stuff. Um, and Shin, uh, Shin will be fine, but he needs to recover. He's, he's got like a big scratch down his back from, from being injured, from like the Izuko things. And, um, the old man identifies Mimi as a creature from their world. He says it's forbidden to bring back the dead and to actually perform the resurrection. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Asuna, <clears throat> her dad had 
the crystal, right? He he had the clavis. Mm-hmm. She has this ability to speak to the creatures. She had Mimi. I don't know whether Mimi came with Shun or if Mimi was her pet. I think Mimi was her pet, which means well, to me her dad was from the underworld. I mean, maybe. Like, I don't think Mimi was actually, like, fully hers because Mimi didn't stay with her. No. She just popped up a good bit. But they also said that that was because she was like, she had a, a task. And once her task was performed, that's when, that's why she died, I think. Yeah, but that still didn't. I don't know. Either way. I don't Even know if either. Mimi wasn't, wasn't hers. Her dad still had a clavis piece fragment. Mm-hmm. And she can still speak to the creatures, which is a trait that only Agatha people have, right? Yeah. Mm. I feel like her dad is, her dad was from Agatha. Maybe. We need more backstory. Yeah. That's that's where I went with this. Yeah, the old man ends up telling them that it's forbidden to bring back people from the dead. And he gets into a heated discussion with Sensei, so he ends up telling Asuna to go and deal with Shin and, and check on him and make sure that he's doing okay with his injury. And so she goes to him and Shin wakes up and he tells her that she shouldn't have saved him and should have just left him in the river. Uh, he says that he should have let her die and he yells at her to leave. The next morning, Asuna leaves with Sensei, but Mimi refuses to go with them. Refuses to go with them, and the chief end up pointing them in the right direct in the direction of Finis Terror. I have no idea how you actually say that. We're gonna go with it. Um, Asuna asks if uh, it's right to resurrect someone. She's questioning everything, but Sensei doesn't really care if it's right. He's just gonna do what it takes to to get his wife back. Shin wakes to find Mimi had passed away after fulfilling her purpose, or its purpose. I don't actually know the, the sex. Um, and the old man, Mana, and Shin end up feeding the body of Mimi to another creature so that it can become a part of something bigger and a part of somebody else's life. Because of this, Shin begins to question his relationship with death and the way that things are done in Agatha. He's questioning his relationship with his brother as well and, and the fact that he felt betrayed for Shun going to the surface when it was his dying wish. Other men have actually been tasked with killing the Topsiders as well. So Shin ends up chasing after them. Uh, and he he no longer knows what to do. He is feeling a debt to Asuna and also very conflicted about his upbringing and the way that he was told to do everything. They all end up catching each other. And uh, Shin steps up and steps in to fight the soldiers. And Asuna and Sensei move towards the cliff because they're now like at the point of there's a giant cliff and at the bottom of the cliff is the gate to life and death. And they're there now, they've walked all the way and there's three, I think, soldiers that are trying to kill Sensei and Asuna and then Shin has stepped in to stop them, to let them make the decision on their own. And Sensei and and Asuna begin to climb down the cliff, but Asuna, I'm not kidding when it's like a drop to death. Like there is nothing. It's just a cliff face for miles. Yeah, and, big death. Uh, yeah, it, big death. Um, and Asuna gets scared and tells Sensei, and like she has no reason to go to the bottom of this cliff at this point. You know, she she doesn't know whether or not she wants to resurrect someone. Sensei's the one that is obsessed with res- resurrecting his wife. So she refuses. She says that she's not going down. So he gives her his gun and says, you need to leave before nightfall because that's when the Izuku are going to come back. So get out and get to the gate. You don't need a clavis to leave. You only need one to enter. So you can go. Go home. Um, And he 
goes down the cliff. Shin is being really badly beaten by the other guys. I mean, he held up a good fight for an injured kid. Like, he held up a real good fight. Um, but he's getting beaten now. But they back off when Sensei crosses over the line um, and down into into the uh, cliff because the they can sense that the clavis is now gone and they just believe him to be dead. Asuna just cries <laughs> on the cliffside for a while and then she notices that it's about to be nightfall. So she runs to the river to escape Izuko because they can't enter water. And then there's a sad montage and flashbacks. Um, and while that's all happening, the water around Asuna disappears. And when she kind of comes to, um, she's surrounded by the Izuko. Shin hears her poor attempts at shooting the gun at them and goes to save her just before she's eaten. It's another heroic moment. Uh, one each for the brothers. Um, although he's actually had two, hasn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah. So those, those brothers just keep saving her. Um, and, uh, the two of them end up having a heart to heart where they grieve Shun's death. And uh, as they are kind of grieving, they see this skyship that has like appeared several times throughout throughout the movie so far, heading towards the gate. And it's like the ship that travels to carry death to the gate of life and death. So everything that died gets on the ship and goes that way or, you know, some of them walk. And uh, they also end up seeing the creature that ate Mimi. Um, at walking towards the cliff face too. So they go there and um, it's singing its death song. And Asana says, Asana like realizes that that's what it is. She learns about the song of death and she realizes that she heard shoons and it's like a nice moment. Um, and then this is where Asana is able to have a, a solid conversation with this guy because with the, this creature, it's, it says that it'll give them a ride to the bottom. So it eats them um, and then jumps off. And uh, then they end up at the bottom of the cliff. They go through the gate into the world of life and death, which is just like a, a field. Um, and they meet Sensei there. Sensei has made his wish for his his wife to be resurrected. The god that will do this, that will give his wife back, says that it needs a vessel. So it uses Asuna as the vessel. And then it takes his eye as payment. Um, Shin is not happy with the situation. He wants Asuna. He doesn't want his the sensei's wife. Um, and so he goes to destroy the clavis, which is what is being used as like the channel, I guess, for this all to happen. And he tries to destroy it and he tries to destroy it and he can't get it to break. And sensei is hugging his wife, who is Asuna, but has changed into his wife. Um, and they're like, having a moment and then sensei gets up and he goes over to shin and he tries to stop him but shin manages to destroy the clavis and asana is kind of she passed over i guess to like she died effectively um uh, and she was able to have a proper goodbye with shun and mimi in the afterlife as sensei's wife is now dying again he is actually able to have a heart-to-heart with her and, and bid her farewell. And um, and then when Asuna is revived, Sensei asks Shin to kill him. And Shin says, basically, the curse of life is living itself. And that's the end of the film. So what did you think? It was good. It was definitely good. I had <laughs> no issues with it. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite Shinkai film by any means, mm-hmm. but it's... Still a phenomenal film. 
Mm-hmm. What did you think of the ending? I just felt like I was having a week of not happy endings. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it isn't it's, happy, but it is happy, but it isn't happy. It's, it's, it's satisfying, but it's not really happy, I guess. Yeah, well, I, one thing I didn't add in my notes is that Shin is kind of banished from the underworld people because he goes against them in fighting against the soldiers. Yeah. So he has nowhere to go now. He's kind of a nomad. Yeah, he has nowhere to go. And one thing I found really interesting is that the teacher decided to hang back in the underworld. He didn't go back to the surface world. Mm-hmm. So I found that really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I'd say the film sits at a solid eight to an eight and a half. Like, mm-hmm. no, like, it was a great film. It's not absolutely phenomenal, but it's not just good either. So, yeah. Yeah. I I rate it very similar to you, eight, eight and a half. I think there are some really, really good things in it. I really like that um, it doesn't have a happy ending. Because the story doesn't have a happy ending. It's a, it's a story about death. Death isn't happy. And grief. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's it it feels right to not have a happy ending. Yeah. But it, it's also not sad. I didn't cry while watching it. No. I don't, I don't know. know at this point. I don't. I don't think I could have been sad enough this week to cry over this film or not, considering <laughs> all the other pain and torture I've been through. I uh, yeah. I I don't know though. Like I really really did like it. I like one thing I will say. I didn't like the way the music was done throughout it. I think. Yeah, the music is the biggest comparison that I would draw to like your name and weathering with you. It was not on the same par. Yeah. As those films. I found it really cliche, I guess. Like, um, Shin comes to save the, day, save the day, so there is hero music. And, oh, we're sad, so play sad music now. You know? I found it, like... It, the one piece of music that I found to be beautiful was the ED song for the film. hmm Yeah. That hello and then goodbye to hello song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was really good and very fitting yeah. for the film. I like the, the sound that they used for the, the final song for both Shun and the creature. Mm-hmm. I thought that was eerie and well done. I- Did you notice how they had that, like, gong triangle type sound mm-hmm. in this one, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a signature of his. Like I said, it's just like these little like Easter eggs mm-hmm. sprinkled out. And so, um, and that's one thing I'll say about Weathering with You is that you'll see little Easter eggs to all of his films in it whenever you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really liked the art style of the creatures. I thought they were weird and grotesque and odd. Um, and yeah, I really liked those. I liked kind of that we are left with this questions around asana Mm -hmm. and like her her abilities the fact that she has these powers that the underworld people have that she shouldn't have that makes me think that her dad was someone that came from there Mm -hmm. i like that i i like that sensei had the music box from his wife and kept playing that for like comfort and i thought it was a really powerful message when he trod on it to resurrect her and it broke Mm -hmm. i thought that was really powerful yeah um I liked Asuna's mom trying to figure out how to tell her that Shun died, like that supposedly her friend 
Because, like, the day before, or, well, that day in the morning, um, her mom comes up to her and says, oh, you're making two bentos. And she says, yeah, I'm going to go meet a friend. And then Asuna comes back and, like, you can see that the mom has put two and two together that the friend that she's going to go and meet won't be there. Mm-hmm. I thought that was well done. It was. Now, yeah. here's my question for you. Did you watch this subbed or dubbed? Ah, oh, see, I watched it dubbed. We're always that way around, don't we? <laughs> I mean, especially with films, mm. like it's so much easier for me to sit down and watch a film dubbed than subbed if I have the option. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the dub? The dub was really good. Like I didn't have any issues with it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I really liked the original, the original voices. I thought they worked really well. Uh, I didn't recognize any of the voices. I'd be curious to see who the voice actors are and if they've done anything before, because none of them sounded specifically distinct to me, which I also think is a good thing because it didn't pull me out of the of the movie thinking like mm. oh i know that voice who is that voice you know it wasn't like dr stone with me whatever the whole time i was sitting there and i was just hearing my hero yeah yeah uh <laughs> that, i i don't know i i don't necessarily see that as a good thing but yeah, yeah. i didn't i feel like i might have noticed some of the like english actors in it but i'm not 100 percent certain i'd mm-hmm. have to do a little bit of digging into it just to see if any of them are actually used in other titles or any of shinkai's other titles for that matter but i mean I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was good fun. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a really good film. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at like an eight, eight and a half as well. Um Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't it's not on your name's level or even weathering with you's level for that matter, but it was still a really good film. I really enjoyed it. I think I I like how dark it was. Mm-hmm. Um I like that there were moments where I was like, Oh my god, that's actually kind of scary, especially during her night terror. Mm. Uh that was freaky as all heck. Um, and I, yeah, I like that there are adults throughout this film that are just as confused as the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have questions that I want answers to that I'm not going to get answers to that I'm kind of okay with. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. But, so I think that wraps up about everything that we have on this, unless you have any closing statements to add. No, I don't think there's anything else I want to say. Okay, so... On that note, you can find the lovely Blue streaming every day, except for Wednesdays and Sundays, at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Is that right? <laughs> that is right. I wanted to say Eastern, but I'm like, nah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, you can also find her on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM for all of her stream updates, life updates. And cool art pictures for the Instagram purpose. Mm, on occasion. <laughs> yeah. And then she also runs an adorable second Instagram for her absolutely wonderful dog, Tilly, at the adorable or at the best Tilly Bean. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. And if you want to check out Brad, um, he is no longer streaming, so you can't find him on Twitch, but you can find him um, on Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming. You can also find him uh, running an Instagram account specifically for your wonderful dosage of cacti pics at the adorable prick. He also runs our Instagram account where there's loads of memes that are posted uh, and he's very good at them. They are very funny. And that is at Beard the Anime. That's also the same 
tag as our Twitter. So if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at B&B Anime as well. Um, and we also have a website at bnbanime.com, www.bnbanime.com, um, where we have all of our archives of previous episodes. So if you've missed one, want to check one out, want to know what we thought of your name, and thus learn about all the backstage studio stuff um, of uh, the director, you can go ahead and do that. We also have some fun links to our friends over there, some more information on voice acting projects that we're doing, and links to things like our YouTube channel, where we also have our archives of episodes. Um, and some fun projects that we've got going that should be some new ones popping up there soon um, one of these days as well and uh, also on there we have something else that I can't remember <laughs> links I don't know. to your all of your art videos yeah links to all of my art videos links to other things as well all of the links and stuff are all on the website if you're curious about that just go to the website all of our links for our social medias everything is there <laughs> um, and maybe some fun easter eggs and bonuses that I forgot to mention and thus you'll get to discover um that sounds about right yeah sounds about right but yeah so what are we doing next week uh food wars is it food wars next week it is food wars next week oh look at us so i hope y'all are absolutely ready for some cooking fun times because blue and i are cooking up a great episode for y'all next week but um we are we're gonna do all four seasons uh because right now the fifth season is being released so it's gonna be a little bit different from our regular format we are not going to be discussing episode per episode because oh my god do you know how long that would take um uh this would be a four-part episode at if least, we decided at, to at split least. food wars because yeah. we we could go off on some tangents but no it's more or less going to be a general overview of each season or each arc talking about along with some of our favorite moments yeah of things that happen in every season some of our favorite dishes and also i'm more or less just looking forward to talking about the growth at the end of season four as far as all the characters got yes yeah so if you actually have any questions for us regarding food wars please feel free to hit us up on instagram or twitter um in those dms or just comment on one of our pics or whatever um and ask us those questions and we will address them during the podcast because um yeah we're gonna we're gonna be doing in a much more freeform format of discussing it uh, and so we'll we'll have a chance to ask uh, to answer any questions along with any questions that you may have on any of the other animes that we have previously reviewed or requests for animes that we review in the near future please hit us up in those dms you can also send us an email links to all of those things are again on the website yeah but outside of that that wraps if <laughs> That wraps up everything for this week. I can speak. <laughs> so, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it very much. And we will catch y'all next week for Food Wars. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.